Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You heard it straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell is here. What a night. What a night, guys. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the show thinking... What is Vegas related that the casual sports fan or the casual batter is going to like? And we want the sharp batters, the serious batters to get enough meat on the bone. But we want to keep the you know casual batters entertained. Oh, we didn't have to think about tonight's show. We've got the two biggest college basketball games of the season coming up. And then there'll be even a bigger one on Monday that we're going to be able to be previewing tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Pacific. We start. And what a guy to have with us, Brad Powers, college basketball professional and specialist. Before we go into the deep dive on a bunch of factors on both games, can I just gauge your interest in the Final Four? This is a, a question we have every year when you have someone upset their way into the Final Four. Now, this is what, six straight years. I told you earlier today it's five straight years. It's actually six straight years, someone with a seed higher than seven. Seven or higher 
made it to the Final Four. Do you guys, when a Loyola makes it, are you still as juiced up if it's for like the you know the high seeds making the Final Four? Well, first, I was so excited about the show. We we got to start the show. Wait, hold on. Showtime! All right. Woo! All right. Are you guys excited? <laughs> Let me go through no, the Repeat again. that question. No. <laughs> Are you guys excited? Like, do you I, lose a little I made, I made the following statement last week right here, and I'm going to stick to it. I think Sister Jean is the most compelling, interesting story that is non-basketball related because, as we talked about, who is going to be listening or watching the game You've got that hardcore that's going to watch no matter who's playing. Right, Brad, there's no scenario you're not going to be watching Saturday. Steve, no scenario you're not going to be watching. And then you've got that next tier that will be, oh, if it's Duke versus North Carolina, maybe I'll watch. But then you've got the ones that aren't going to be driven so much by these blue-blooded games, but rather is there a story? Because remember, the Olympics – when I'm watching the Summer Olympics especially, I always ask myself, why aren't I watching more track and field? <laughs> I, I seriously think if, yeah. it, if it was once a month and you could tell me a story where I was following things and I would watch a good two hours a month, you know, if it, you know how WWE does what? One pay-per-view per what, you know, once a month, is yep. it? Or, okay. If you had one track and field on station XYZ and you kept those stories going... I'd watch, right? Now, we've got a, such a great build-in story here. I, you know, so I don't care about curling, but if you tell me a story, I'm interested. There is a story here. That makes me excited about it. Yeah, and I'm right there with you, RJ. Loyal uh, is the predominant story off the court, but I'm looking on the court, and I got a pair of number one seeds. I got by far the best team in the country in Villanova, and I got a Michigan team that I thought was legit top five, top six entering the tournament. Very excited about tomorrow's two games. And we're going to be talking here before the end of the hour, not only picks on the games, but Brad Powers and Fezzik both, right here on Straight Out of Vegas, gave Michigan when it was 40-1. to 1. They've got tickets themselves, and there's someone in Vegas that has a million-dollar ticket. Cofield, you interviewed them today, and we've got some clips from that. It's a heck of a story. So Loyola's in. Take it on Michigan. Michigan is now 5.5 at some books. The total is 129.5. I know you've got a best bet in this game. Let's start with, I spoke to a guy, Casey Stern, who's been on the coverage the entire way on TNT. He's one of the studio guys. And on my local show, he said, well, clearly... Loyal is one of the four best teams in oh. the country. And we kind of jumped on him like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa let's. And how did he respond? You know, when he backed down. Once once we got into him a little bit, he backed down. Uh, you're, you're learning, Steve. No one can say that. Yeah, you, taught, you taught me how to be demonstrative. Go the, the viciousness. <laughs> it wasn't vicious, but we were like, whoa, hey, listen, whoa, whoa. If there's money involved. Yeah. Like nice. You're a guest in our house, but we got we to tell you, you're getting a little crazy here. Loyal is not one of the best four teams in the country. No, and, and but what they are is a... Well, let's get objective. Where, where you rank yep. every week throughout the season, 1 to 351, every team to the hundredth of a point. We're going to get into that in the offseason. I think half points are enough. <laughs> where do you have Loyola? Number 24 right now. So right now, 23 teams in the country on a neutral. And again, I was going to say would be favored over them but there's two lines you can make. One is the betters line, the handicapping line. That line is trying to say, I don't care what the public thinks. I don't care about any biases. 
This is who I think if they played a million times, this line would split the results 50-50. You've got a bookmaking line, a bookies line, and a bookies line wants to split the action 50-50. My gut feeling, and let me propose it to you two, I think all the attention with Loyola, the sense of an underdog paying off, and oh, they're an underdog again, right? We're all... We all have recency bias, even pro batters. It's just human nature. And recreational batters have it even more, more recency bias. I got a feeling Loyola is a point inflated here because you're getting some casual fans betting them because they're more aware of this team. right? We, we only tend to like to bet teams we know about and we really know about this team more than we would even another Cinderella Final Four. And so my point would be, yeah, with a handicapping line, there'd be 23 teams favored uh, over Loyola. But I think with a bookmaking line, which is what the real market puts out, there'd be a few less. Do you agree, Brad? There's probably a little bit of a premium right now on Loyola. Absolutely agree. Pure power rating for me says this line should be Michigan six and a half. And I think the inflation is definitely more on Loyola's side. So let's talk about why you believe they're overrated. I mean, that number is pretty high still, but they're they're in the Final Four, and you've got them in the mid-20s. Well, let, let me first say, Loyola hasn't been overrated at any point really this season until this one. When they've had a healthy guard in Custer, they're 23-6 and six against the spread Loyola is. But here's why I think this is the first time all season Loyola's overrated. Let's look at the, the path they've had to get here. And it, it's easy to say they didn't face a number one, number two, didn't face a Kentucky or an Arizona but when you look at specifically who they faced, every team they faced so far, Loyola, has been missing a, a key starter in their lineup. All four teams that they faced so far. Also, all four teams, relatively inexperienced. Loyola, in the last four games, has faced a total of three senior starters. Michigan, four upperclassmen starters. Michigan, the most experienced team they faced so far. I think this is one of Brad's best concepts. So, I think we all agree, if it's... Trying to win a national title is your goal, right? And that's college basketball. If you get a top 10 type young players, the kind that's going to probably be one and done, that's the way to win titles. The Dukes, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you can do that, you do it. But there's only a handful of teams that can do it. Now you've got a choice if you're any other team. It's I'll get the second and third tier young guys who are going to try to get out of here as soon as possible. Or... I'll take the even less talented team guys that I think might be here three or four years. And to me, if it's top 10 versus team, top 10 wins. But if it's second or third tier versus team, I think team wins at least half the time. And Loyola, that edge, that experience edge, has been super pronounced, as Brad said, in the first four games. Very young opponents. Now they're playing a team that, if you just look at the five-star recruit type list, much more talent on Michigan. So, okay, well, Loyola's experience helped them. Well, they don't have that much more experience. I think that's one of the key under-discussed factors in the tournament. I think one of the other, the third factor that you didn't mention there, just to add an, another layer with the mid-majors. Clearly, I appreciate you improving. Well, I, I do want to throw something in there. You didn't throw in there because it, it, it points specifically to Loyola. There's also now the wave of the kids from the big schools transferring down a level or two, and Loyola's built around some of those guys. They've got a kid from Iowa State. They've got a kid who jumped from Fairleigh Dickinson you know, to this school. So they've got veterans who I don't think, because they're well-traveled, sometimes these kids, 
They're not just 21 or 22. We're talking 23-year-olds facing 18 and 19-year-olds. Again, to your point, though, Michigan is a more veteran team. But along the way, you can face some very inexperienced teams. Okay, so I think your point about the transfers and just with chronological age that the sitting out or whatever is going to cause them to be older, good point. But why does a player transfer down in well, most cases? Playing time. Yeah, they're not playing or they have problems. Impatience a lot of times. Yeah. Sometimes so, I think they actually could play at that level, but maybe they weren't going to be the number one or two option. They are at the smaller school. Which is probably a sign of someone that doesn't have a long-term vision. So it would seem to me the that 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 maybe there's better talent with those transfers down. That's why they went to the bigger school to start with. But they're always coming. It's almost like if you go to Amazon Warehouse, all right, you're getting the same thing, but there's just a little something wrong with it. Which I think again, <laughs> you got to give credit to these, um, you know, smaller. We'll call them smaller schools. I think it's a fair way to say it that are able to take these projects and give them an environment to excel. Because here's the thing. It's human nature if you want to be no-nonsense. And if you're an excuse creator, you're never going to be a successful batter. Batters have to be objective. If you're objective, if you're no-nonsense, we know a lot of people pride themselves on that, usually it's a situation where you don't like excuses. You don't like, well, but kind of talk. I think when it comes to people, the older I get, the more I realize you could put the same person in one situation and he flames out. You put that person in another situation, he's a success. And I get it. Sometimes it's intrinsic to the person, but sometimes it's situational. And the schools that are able to create an environment for these guys that had trouble at a bigger school to succeed, got to give them a thumbs up. Game one of the Final Four, Michigan 5-5.5 five, five against Loyola. The total is 129.5. Let's go nuts and bolts. Rebounding could be a key in this one, especially if Loyola can't hang on the boards. Yeah, Loyola hasn't hanged on the boards all season. In fact, out of those 351 teams, Loyola's bottom 20 in the entire country in offensive rebounding. Hasn't mattered, Steve, because Loyola's hitting better than 50% from the field, especially in the NCAA tournament. So therefore, you don't need to, when you're making shots, you don't need to grab offensive boards. I don't think that's going to be the case here. Number one, they're facing the best defense they've faced all year, Loyola, in Michigan's top five defense. And you look at the big stage, the big arena here, I just shooting percentages tend to go down just a little bit slightly. And I think to expect them in a football stadium with that big backdrop, I don't expect the 50%. So therefore, they're not going to get a lot of second chance points. On the way back, let's talk coaching matchup. A lot of people love Porter Moser. And there's going to be a best bet from Brad when we come and back. And the best bet is on the way. Straight to Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Brad Powers in the Wise Guys chair. We're going over the two games, deep dive. The two games, of course, the final four on Saturday. Game one is Loyola and Michigan Wolverines laying five, five and a half, 129 and a half. We've been taking you uh, through the path of Brad's handicap. You've been very strong on John Beeline as a winning coach. When it comes to big-time basketball, this guy is an ATS machine. NCAA tournament, he's super effective. No question. John Beeline, NCAA tournament, in his entire career, 65%. Not straight up, against the spread. Beat expectations. Vegas, 65% of the time in his career. Postseason, just the same. Doesn't matter if it's a conference tournament, the NIT, NCAA, 
all the games in his career at every coaching stop, 65% covering the spread in postseason. What Brad said in the middle of that was the key. The spread is expectation. If you win against it, you've done better than expected. So it accounts for how talented your players are. All the things that maybe a coach that isn't great, but he's had a great program benefits from, the spread evens it all out. And the fact that Beeline exceeds expectation, especially in the NCAA tournament, which is such a different animal, very important. Last two years, even better. Last two postseasons, what, 10-3-2 ATS? 10-3-2 against the spread. 14-1 straight up. They've lost one. Michigan's lost one game in the last two years in postseason action. It was by a single point in a well-played game against an Oregon team that went to the Final Four. Team's been dynamite. No one's been better in the postseason last two years than Michigan. And still, somehow, underrated, I think, by some, because I've heard a lot of chatter about Porter Moser, who is a really good coach, and probably will land a bigger job somewhere down the road. Is there a... Is there a big so coaching is, gap is, here? Mi- is Michigan overrated? Or no, under- I'm sorry, I think underrated or the coach? is still underrated the as coach. a coach. Okay. I don't think he's given enough credit because, well, you mentioned it earlier, uh, he's not a guy who goes out and lands a bunch of four and five stars and is fighting that battle like Tom Izzo is. So I think people look at his roster and they're like, meh, not impressive. That so what he guy, does with it. Yeah, Izzo's the guy that gets all the credit in that state, Coach K, John Calipari. I'd put John Beeline right behind those guys, if not neck and neck with how he's done the last couple of years. Wait a minute. Well, see, this could be a whole show, so we'll have to wait for the spring. <laughs> because with a coach, there is how well you recruit, and then there's how well, if you put two big buckets, how well do you, re- or I think there's three buckets, how well you recruit, and that's a big bucket, um, how well you teach the, the players, the player development, and number three, once the whistle blows, right? I guess you could say four is motivation. There's all kind of buckets. But I think with Calipari, recruiting, number one, number two, number three, where would you put, and I, this is off the cuff just to give it some perspective, Calipari, once the whistle blows, whistle to whistle, is he even in the top 20? Probably not. Yeah. So I do think it's important when we do talk coaches, and we'll do deeper dives uh, as we get into the spring, you break up what we're talking about. Because come tomorrow, recruiting doesn't mean anything. You've done recruited your players. Yeah. It's about... Blowing that whistle or between the whistle. So on Beeline, before this year, because he was a bad defensive coach, mediocre defensive coach, was he a top 20 coach? I still think he was a top 20 coach. Okay. I think it's really interesting with Beeline. This is something, if they win, we can get into tomorrow. Uh, What I really admire about him is he has openly said, I was not a good defensive coach, and I basically turned two defensive coordinators on my staff because my eye, he actually said this, I never hear coaches admit that they have a weakness. I generally have my eye on the offense. That's where my my talents lie, and I needed help on defense. And you have the numbers all year. The improvement was crazy. The last 10 years, this was not a good defensive program. I tell you, I want to hear these numbers, but I agree with you. As a Steeler fan, Tomlin is like an A, A-plus in a bunch of things. And he, from my perspective, is below average at a number of things. Can you imagine NFL coaches like Tomlin or, say, Coughlin in the past if they came out and said, you know what, I really need a clock manager and an analytics guy next to me because I'm just not great at game management in tight spots? There's one guy that you have a poster of, Cofield, in your bedroom. (laughs) That I mean, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. I, I I will say allegedly is that has done that even in a bigger sense. He's taken one side of the ball and said, you handle it, right? Who is that? 
What is it, Boy Genius? Yeah, Boy Genius. Boy Genius, yes. He's brought in right? the, uh, the top defensive minds. Who, uh, you know, I defense. know we have a lot of dedicated listeners. You yes. might want to name who the Boy Genius is. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured everyone knows once they say boy <laughs> yeah. in the NFL with coaches. Sean McVay is a guy who has swallowed his pride on the defensive side of the ball. He's He keeps bringing in more weapons for Wade Phillips, but he went out and got arguably, you know, a top five defensive coordinator of all time. And, and to me, this is a great example, and it's a variation of what's uh, called the Peter Principle, which is you usually will advance in an organization until you get to the point where you fail. And then they won't take you out usually. You just stay at that failure point where you were good one level down, one level up, you're not good, so you don't advance anymore, but you're staying at that failure point. A variation on that is... Like, uh, what was that guy? Uh, Martz, uh, the OC. Mike so, Martz. Yeah. Yep. There's guys that might be, as you said, you just used the example with the DC for the Rams, top defensive coordinator of all time. How would you rate him as a head coach? He was not a great head coach. He was not a great. You mean not he terrible. Was, he, he was, I would say mediocre. He, he'll get you, he'll get you 500 right, over five so, years. So average head coach, taught all time great defensive coordinator. No doubt. The skill sets are different. And Tomlin would be, I think, a horrible NFL-level coordinator. I think he has 85% of what it takes to be a really good NFL coach. He just doesn't seem to be able to identify the 15 he's struck, or at least admit to it. I love, just back to McVay real quick, I love it because he's a a young guy too. My guess is McVay, when he's 50, is going to have a lot more to do with the defense. He's figuring there's this humongous job. I'm very young for this job. I'm going to p- take off maybe a third of it because there's special teams and there's a lot of administrative stuff. And I'm going to give it to a guy that's elite and let me focus on this two-thirds. And as he gets comfortable in the two-thirds, he'll probably want to have more involvement on the other side. And it sounds like with Beeline, it's not exactly that, but it's someone doing self-scouting and saying, I'm not good at this. I don't have an inclination towards it. So I'm going to get some people in here that do. Michigan, 5-5.5 five, five against Loyola. This is game one of the Final Four. Now, it sounds like this is a John Beeline love fest. This team does have a weakness. And you can say, hey, they escaped from really being pushed to the brink against Florida State. Who knows what Florida State was doing down the stretch there. Down four, 15 seconds left. You have to send this team to the line. They can't shoot free throws. And they can't. Michigan, out of those 351 teams, ranks in the bottom 30 as a team in free throw shooting. 66% as a team. You mentioned the Florida State game. A lot of people, oh, Michigan can't make free throws. Michigan was 16 out of 24 that game, right up to their season average, 66%. That was Michigan playing true to themselves in that game. So this is a game, Brad, that the free throw percentage always matters, right? Imagine you have a team and you take their free throw percentage up 10 uh, percentage points, they're going to be a better team. Down 10, worse team. All right. But when you're a favorite between three and nine points, let's say three and eight points, the odds that the game is going to come down, or at least the cover, and maybe the game, is going to come down to, okay, there's 40 seconds left, favorites up by five, favorites laying five and a half, foul, make it or miss it, three, foul, make it or miss it, and your ability to make foul shots become all the more impactful to the ATS result if the game ends like that in the last minute or two, and if the spread is in that range with the favor, then the odds of the game ending like that go way up, and thus we've got a situation where that spread's smack, this spread, the Michigan, is smack dab in the middle of that zone of we would expect 
Better chance of foul shooting being key at the end. And as you said, Michigan not good. Just reemphasize that. How bad are they, Michigan, with free throws? Michigan number 321 in the country out of 351 teams. As a team, hit only 66% from the free throw line. I think the three of us... Just blindly shooting free throws. I think we could do better than that. Not with the action, you know, played in front of 30,000, 40,000 people. But, RJ, come on. You can make seven out of ten free throw attempts, right? On an eight-foot rim, I think eight out of ten. Wow. Okay. Got cocky there. <laughs> On a dunking rim. That's RJ Bellum, Steve Cofield, Brad Powers. It's straight out of Vegas. So, now I feel like you guys just talked me into, hey, it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to take the dog. It's best bet time for Brad Powers. Where are you going? Michigan minus five and a half. 129.5 with a total. What do you do? Best bet for me is on Michigan. Despite the fact the biggest concern is the free throw shooting, it's because I think Loyola, for the first time all season, overrated because of an easy path here, playing an experienced team for the first time, playing an elite defense for the first time, John Beeline being one of the best against the spread coaches in all of college basketball, Michigan, minus 5.5, best bet. Remember, guys, we're proud of what makes Straight Out of Vegas different. When Brad gives you a best bet, it means he, here in Vegas, is actually betting his own money on the game. What are you doing? Wise guy don't carry his money in a wallet. Hey, wise guy carries money in a roll. Game two. Kansas and Villanova, both one seeds. Although Kansas was not treated from a respect standpoint as a one seed. You were even a little bit down on Kansas. You said they were, what, about 10th? Coming into the tournament, your power ratings? Yeah, between 8 and 10. Okay, we'll see how that's adjusted here now through four wins to get to this level in the Final Four. Villanova <laughs> is playing <laughs> 5, and the total is 155. You think Villanova may not be getting enough respect going into this game? Well, here's the reason why. Okay. I think can, they... you, can you tell that Brad's a yeah. little discombobulated right now? A little bit. Here's it. Let me give what you a little, let me give you a little backstory. So, <laughs> so first off is we do a podcast every week, the Dream Preview. It's with Adam Carolla, Podcast One, and uh, amazing response. And you know the people that we get a ton of straight out of Vegas listeners. And the theory is, hey, this is great stuff. We're touching on the high level stuff. But what about a twenty minute discussion about this topic? Right. Some people want that. That's what we do with the Dream Preview. So you can go to any podcast player, search for RJ Bell. You'll see it. You can subscribe. We have two hours on two games, right, for tomorrow. And you can obviously listen before. But I think we uncovered something about Brad. And maybe what we should do is have a – this is a great tease. There's something about Brad he didn't want to admit, but I made him a minute. Wow. He's got two minutes to recover. He's got two minutes. Uh, Looney first, though, has the latest. Hey, guys, loving the show. That's right. Vegas, baby. Uh, Vegas! They're partying tonight in South Bend, Indiana. Gabby Williams, baseball pass up the floor. And a shot at the horn. Flash and rim miss. Notre Dame survives and wins it in overtime. 91 to 89. And that was a Final Four win for the Notre Dame women over UConn. John Sadek with the call on the Westwood One Radio Network. Sunday, either the Notre Dame women will win their second title or Mississippi State will win their first. Most exciting NBA game of the night, Rockets Suns on Sports Talk 790. Houston. Here we go. Rocket with a chance to tie a win in the corner to Green for three in the win. He hit it at the buzzer. Gerald Green beats the Suns with the corner three at the buzzer. 104-103 was your final. Rockets have been trailing by double digits most of the game. Houston wins their 11th in a row. We had a caboodle, a gaggle. Or as Carl Sagan would say, a googaplex. 
of baseball games from sea to oily sea, and you can find those scores at foxsports.com. And now more Vegas chin wagon with R.J. Bell, Steve okay. Cofield, and Brad Powers in the wise guy chair on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Looney, thank you. We roll on here on a Friday night, the shorter of the two straight out of Vegas shows. Tomorrow night we are back that Saturday into Sunday at 10 o'clock Pacific. We do every Friday at 11 o'clock Pacific. And, you know, with no football now and a little lower volume of college basketball games, it's the Final Four. We can really go deep into these games. So, and I don't know, did I stumble into something here with Brett Powers and Kansas? The Kansas side, I think, right? Well, here's the thing. Brad had a really tough loss on Kansas. I mean, how long... Well, how, how, First, we want to make sure you feel okay, Brad. So I'm gonna have a little music so you don't, you know, get your emotions up. Is you had a bad beat with Kansas? I'll give you 15 seconds to explain it. Sweet 16, Kansas is laying four, four and a half against Clemson. Kansas covers every single second from seven minutes left in the first now, half. Hold on. As you say, every single second, you should just pause and let the piano cascade out. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, go ahead. Every single second. <laughs> From the seven-minute mark of the first half until Clemson's last field goal attempt, Kansas blows a 20-point lead, does not cover the final spread. Bad beat. Now, one of the real differentiators between a pro, or let's say a seasoned pro, and a young buck like Brad, who multi-talented, but still a lot to learn, still a lot to learn, is once you make a bet, you got to put that out of your mind and watch the game with objective eyes. Because if you watch a game rooting, like every time Kansas makes, you know, let's say you bet on Kansas, every time they make a three, great shot. Every time the opponent makes a three, God, that was lucky. You don't see the game objectively, and it's hard to measure what happens for your next handicap. And Brad, we went at it a while in the dream preview, and I think in the end you admitted something. So why don't you share it? There's a, now here nothing embarrassing here. There's only 330 stations coast to coast. <laughs> Sirius 83. Many many thousands of people <laughs> listening. Brad Powers, go ahead. Yeah, upon further review, <laughs> I really didn't upgrade Kansas that much after the four games. Reason being, I was just looking at, at expectations compared to Vegas. All four games pretty much come right down to the wire as far as against the spread. I should have upgraded Kansas at least a couple of points. Uh, that was my mistake. And the reason was you were mad at him. Yeah, more of the Sweet 16 <laughs> game. Yeah, oh, no question. And I'm double mad. I was mad that I faded Kansas in the next game. And because you, you were saying, I'll show yep, you. I'll show you. <laughs> no, nope, Kansas showed me. <laughs> well, listen, here's the thing is. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. Papa Giorgio. Is. <laughs> Mr. Papa Giorgio, you got to love it. It's a learning experience, and really, that's why Brad is is growing so fast, because his work ethic is unmatched, and he learns fast. It is a key. Don't let those bets dictate the way that you watch a game. I'll make another point, though, with his Kansas, and we're handicapping the Kansas-Villanova game. I think Kansas has had some of the more impressive wins. Let's just start from the conference tournament on. All right, For all teams, though, I would make the case Kansas beating West Virginia in the final because at that point, everyone's handicap was Kansas doesn't have a lot to play for in the Big 12 final. They're, they don't like to be tired for the tournament. Maybe not a great effort against a very physical press Virginia team. Kansas was an underdog in that game. The market believed what we believed. That was a very impressive win. The win against Duke in the last round, very impressive win. What is it? 
that's causing the market, because I think this line's a little inflated, to not appreciate these KU wins. And would you agree with me, Brad, that those are two of the seven or eight most impressive wins of the last couple weeks? Oh, no question about it. And Kansas, the Big 12 tournament, was shorthanded, playing without their center, third game in three days. Game probably meant more to West Virginia to get revenge. That's right up there. Let's face it, Duke a two-seed? Duke was the number two power-rated team in college basketball. The the second-best team in college basketball, Kansas just beat outright. Best team they're facing right here, Villanova. So I agree with RJ. Two very impressive wins. Here's my last question on this game. Can I ask a question, Steve? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like 10 behind you. You're the host. Well, why don't you You jump in with it? Why why don't you jump in with one? Well... I want to jump in with, I think Kansas has been slept on for two reasons. Uh, Azubuke, his health has been a question mark. So you don't know how healthy he is in each game. And I also, but they've when, been performing without him. I mean, he, that, he's helped. He's helped. Oh, there, there's a physicality that he brings to the floor that's going to help, especially in this game. And I'll give you the other one. Uh, I watched them all year. I actually got to see them up close in Omaha. Um, when I watch Graham, I think good college player. When I watch Malik Newman, yeah. I go, that guy is an NBA prospect. There's just a difference from a physicality standpoint. And Malik Newman was a guy who I think was trying to find his role, didn't want to insult anyone, you know, didn't want to come in and say, hi, I'm the lead dog. Guy averaged like 13 points a game during the regular season. He's had one bad game down the stretch. Uh, beyond that, in the last seven games, he's averaging like 23 a game. And that's the difference. And Malik Newman, clearly the difference in Duke game, scores all 13 points in overtime for Kansas. 32 points, played his best game of the season. That's been the mispricing on Kansas. Uh, uh, you know, third best player, at least from what we've seen, you know, full season, is playing like a top five NBA talent. So, I guess my other question would be, is I'm worried about the the, the, the strength of schedule. And I know that the math guys that do the algorithm with the strength of schedule and all that will say Villanova didn't have that week of a schedule. But when I look in that league and everything, it just strikes me that it, it just feels like it can't be as tough as the Big 12. So describe to us uh, Villanova's league. Like, is it top heavy where there are some good teams and a lot of real weak teams down below? Uh, give us a feel. Get inside the numbers of how tough the competition is in the regular season for Villanova. All right. Uh, Big East Conference, obviously not as strong as the Big 12. And there are two elite teams in the Big East, one being Villanova, the other being Xavier, a number one seed, which I thought was a little overrated. In my power ranks entering the tournament, I'd have had Xavier right around number 10. The other teams in the conference, the Creightons, the Providences, the Butlers, aren't top 25 teams, more like top 40 teams in my opinion. But you added up in the Kempom ratings – Villanova is... Still played a top 20 schedule. Number 18 in the country as far as terms of strength. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, I I think... So, what's your leaner like in this? I'm leaning with Villanova. Number one factor for me. <laughs> so after all that about well, Kansas, let me be fully Kansas honest because we're we're basing it on the number. And again, Villanova is minus five in the spot. And I will fully admit, I came in to that podcast earlier this week with RJ. My best bet was going to be on Villanova, but I think I was had a little bit of clouded glasses when it came to Kansas. He talked me out of it being a best bet, downgrading it for me to, to Villanova minus five. And I think here's one last reason: I'm probably going to bet Kansas. It's a borderline bet for me. And guys, we got to do this every time we're getting down to the end of a season. On a college basketball Saturday in February, how many games are there on the board? About 100. All right. Imagine that you bet 20 games. Now, very few people bet 20. I mean, that's high, high volume. Imagine you bet 20 games. 
you're betting 20% of the board. You should bet. Now, most people are going to, good pros are going to bet five to seven games on a Saturday, even if they're hardcore handicappers. So five to seven percent. What percentage of Sweet 16 games on do you think the average better bets? Five or seven percent? No. (laughs) If they bet every other game, they feel like they're being disciplined. Guys, why would these games be any better to bet than the Saturday in February? I get if you're betting for fun, go for it. But don't expect to win. Right? We can give you some tips on how to win more, but it's going to be hard to profit if you bet 70% or even 50% of these late-in-the-tournament games. The line's probably right in this one. Here's one last thing, but I think it's borderline, and maybe if I get another half point, I'll go with KU. Last thing. Brad, you broke some interesting research. Is Bill Self, if you think about it, there's three weeks to the tournament, and they're in pairs of two, games one and two, and then three and four, five and six is when Self plays in the first game, which has the extra rest, he excels in the second game, not so much. And this obviously is a game with a lot of rest. It's the first game of the weekend. Yeah, Bill Self in his career, first game of the weekend, 26-5 and straight up. Second game of the weekend, only 15-11. and Now, you would say the sharp listeners are well, you know, they've been a one seed, two seed, three seed a bunch. Even if you take out the first round and say we're not giving them credit for any first round win, the record ten and three in the first game of the weekend. So to me, I haven't heard anyone talking about, it, and I'm sure someone has. Very important. So your official lean or like Villanova minus the points, best team in college basketball by far. Line says that. Let's talk historically. Seven made threes away from being the best three-point shooting team in the history of college basketball. Second best offense in the last 17 years. I like Villanova, especially off a poor shooting performance. So, Steve, we teased that we've got some sound. You did a great interview today with the guy who made the million-dollar bet, Derek Stevens. I think we play the first clip first, and then we'll go to commercial and play the second one. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, so this is Derek Stevens. Mr. Cofield did the interview today here in Vegas. Let's hear what he has to say, and we'll talk about it. You know, for me, I needed the stars to align. And, uh, I mean, I needed, I needed a story. I went to Michigan, which actually puts me in a position where I follow them. I love the coach. I love Coach Beeline. I love I love the way the team played in the end of the end of the year. And then all of a sudden, the Big Ten tournament started happening. And all of a sudden, you could see this team gelling, coming together. So, yeah, it came down to value and you know, watching the team. There's so many basketball teams. You can't watch them all. But for me, it was like, okay, this was the one this year. I only made one bet this year, by the way. This that was, was the only the, futures bet you made? Yeah. A lot of people were asking me that question, like, oh, what did this guy do? Did he bet every every, bet every uh, team? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> not at all. I bet, I, bet, I bet one single team. And to me, there's two takeaways there. One, I listen, this guy owns a casino, owns multiple casinos, rich, right? 25000 a lot of money, but for him, okay. I mean, he's not a billionaire, but still, sounds like he's very, I don't know if analytical is the word, he's discerning. He's not just throwing his money around. Was that your impression? Absolutely. He said value. I like the value at 40 to 1. That was something Fezzik and, and Brad talked about you know, a month and a half ago. This guy knows about value. He plays a lot. He plays every, just about every day. Uh, yeah, you know, daily game. But he's yeah. not betting 25000 No, no. So yeah. he's got a... He likes the action. Yeah. He's got a $25,000 ticket of 40-1 to 1 on Michigan to win the national title. He'll get a million dollars if they win the national title. Yeah, so he actually shares what he's going to hedge 
So how much he's hedging, I think it's going to surprise people. That was coming up next, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas on a Friday into a Saturday, breaking down the Final Four. Got to watch the games at Hooters this weekend. Try those new smoke wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Go to Hooters. Steve Cofield, straight out of Vegas with R.J. Bell and Brad Powers in the Wise Guys chair. We're going to have at the very end here in a few minutes and a bonus prop pick from Brad Powers. So this Derek Stevens story is fascinating. He is a local casino owner. He owns one of the big casinos downtown, but he owns multiple casinos. So he owns the D, he owns Golden Gate. He's got a big corner that he bought that used to have the Vegas club. So if you've been downtown, you know these properties. He plays. He's an old school face of the casino owner, and he bets sports. So he's got a $25,000 ticket that he put down about six weeks ago. March 3rd, I think it was. That's yep. not right. Six weeks ago. What? That's uh, four, weeks weeks ago. Four, four weeks ago. ago. Four weeks ago. Yeah, six weeks ago. Yeah, so, I think he said he actually was watching the Big Ten tournament before he made the bet. He should have been, and that yeah. was the day that Michigan outright upset Michigan State in the semifinal. Forty to one. I remember you guys talking about it that Friday night. Forty to one. Uh, Twenty five thousand dollars. He goes over to the Golden Nugget. The Golden. This is great. This is a showdown between a zillionaire and a billionaire, whatever a zillionaire is. And I do think it's important to realize then that this was at the casino owner to casino owner level. Yep. You would think who is the CEO, you know, whoever is the in operational control, would be able to take a $25,000 bet. No. No way. Is, and, and in a way, that's an indictment, but it's also cool the bet's being made, regardless of how it happened. But it's really casino owner A against B with a million bucks on the line. Pretty cool. So the two players, Derek Stevens and then Tillman Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta is part of the Fertitta family. The Fertitta family owns station casinos. They used to own UFC. Tillman's a cousin. He just bought the Rockets. He's a billionaire. So Derek Stevens chatted him up, and he's like, I would like to do this $25,000 ticket. It's going to pay a million dollars. And eventually, I guess, I don't know if he hesitated, but Tillman Fertitta's like, let's do it. We've got one more piece of sound. Steve Cofield interviewed Derek Stevens, the million-dollar ticket guy, and said, how easy would this be to just get down your $25,000 bet? Do you think you could go to most major books in town and get that kind of money down at 40 to 1? No shot. No shot? No shot. You don't think some of the, the giant powerhouse casinos in town would take it, huh? Oh, hold on. If you're talking about walking up to a window and making a play, you have no shot. <laughs> Not very unequivocal, right? So, and I think he's right. And in a way, we can lament that, but let's enjoy it. We've got the ticket up on my Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. And you can see the ticket. I blew it up. I underlined all the key things. And last thing I want to talk about here, I think it's important to realize that Stevens is a really smart guy because, yeah, he thought it was a good bet, but how much money worth of publicity, how many dollars do you think he's generated from this? So he had an overlay. Even if the bet was a net negative loser in the long run, theoretically, he figures if he does hit or even win the four games... He's going to get a ton of publicity like he is right now and straight out of Vegas. He's gotten a boatload. He's gotten a boatload. We want to close out with uh, Brad's final note here. You got 10 seconds. Yeah, Kansas, Villanova combined three-point field goal made attempts. I'm going under 20 in that one. Under 20 made three field goal attempts for both teams combined. Even with 10 seconds left in the show, Brad slips in a prop (laughs) pick. Love it. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back tomorrow, 10 o'clock Pacific on Saturday night, straight out of Vegas.
At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.